Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. As promised, we're back. We are Judd's Hockey Show. Judd and Declan talking preseason puck. You know why? Because as we told you last week, now that the season has started, it's on. And uh, we come to you today with observations since we were both able to take in large portions of the Wild Avalanche game on uh, Tuesday night, thanks to our friends at the Altitude Network and ESPN+. And, Dex, I just want to start with this. Uh-huh. So, so the Wild beat the Avs 3-2 in overtime on Sunday in, in a game that we both did not see and was not aired, so we couldn't watch it after the fact. Um, last night, it was basically second team against second team, largely, but there were still some interesting things. So, what stood out to you about what you saw from a lot of guys who are vying and probably in some cases long shots to make the Minnesota Wild roster. Well, you know, a, a lot of the long shots are, you know, they're they're making their cuts throughout throughout camp. So, I, I mean, it's more of I think still our headline guys of uh, is Marco Rossi going to make this roster? We're getting some type uh, a little bit of glimpses at Jesper Wallstead who won't make this roster by any means. Um, you kind of kind of knew that they weren't going to make a, uh, a big addition in free agency because, number one, their salary cap was so handicapped. Um, and two, they've kind of given themselves a little bit of cushion. If they wanted to make a move, they could, but I don't envision they will. It's more of getting the look at the in-house options. And, and Garen is banking on the fact that there's in-house options here to help, be, to help give them reinforcements if they need so. Um, so I, I think Marco Rossi is still you know, the one to kind of watch to see if he makes this roster. I still think the odds are he does make this roster. But then, you know, to me, the I think the player that continues to stand out, and this is kind of he's building a lot more steam, is Tyson Jost. So he was kind of plugged into that fourth-line role. And look, he was bogged down in Colorado. I, I understand why he couldn't crack a top-nine lineup there with, because they were so loaded. But now he's getting a little bit of an opportunity here where he could protect the top line, could even be in the top six on opening night. Um, scored a couple goals, and look, it's preseason hockey, right? So we can only take it with with so much. But I do think his performance is trending in the right direction, and, and now I'm starting to get a little bit more bullish because when they made the trade for Nico Sturm for him straight up, I really liked that trade. I, I mean, I, I thought he was basically being kind of wasted away in Colorado because, again, they were so logjammed, and now there's a chance for him here, I think, to really make his mark. And it, it sounds like from what uh, was reported right before training camp started that there's a very good tan- chance that Jost is going to end up, at least on opening night, on the wing that's been vacated by Greenway because he's hurt with Eck and Felino. So if that's the case, 
that's going to give him a really good chance. And yes, I thought he he looked good. You know who else in- intrigued me, and I think he's going to make the roster. Uh, probably it's a bottom six guy, Sam Steele. Yeah, who is sort of the same story as Jost. I believe he was a first round pick by the Ducks. It didn't w- work out there. Um, I like his speed. I, I thought that again, going against the Avs second team for the most part, right? That he brought that he brought an o- offensive game that you would certainly welcome as long as he takes care of his defensive responsibilities. But I think that's an intriguing one, and and I do like the fact because I think it's really smart. I like the fact that the Wild is going to get guys who aren't seen as problem players, but were high draft picks and didn't you know, succeed with their original team yeah. and at least taking a look. And here's the most important thing in the case of Steele and Jost, the pressure's off. Yeah. So like they're, they're taking a look, but it's not with, oh man, we took you in the first round. So it's a big dud if you fail. It's more of a, you know what? Expectations are low. They've certainly been recalibrated or reset. And so I think it's a very smart move to see what you can get from guys like from Steele, from Jost, and guess what? Ryan Hartman was the same thing. And he was great last year. Yeah. But the same thing, right? First round pick. Oh my God, he's failed. He's going to bounce around now. And he has stepped in and become a very reliable, good, uh, and proficient player. In in the case of both these guys, you know, I, I think Tyson Jost has more of a ceiling than than Steele does. Um, that doesn't mean that Sam Steele can't be a contributor to this wild team. And in fact, I think they're kind of banking on him being, you know, their their kind of bottom line, fourth line anchor that that can actually play a more versatile role that 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 the NHL is kind of just trending for in general. He was a 30th overall pick in the 2016 draft. Um, Sam Steele, that is. With Tyson Jost, um, you know, I, I know there was kind of talks. He maybe came out a little bit too early out of UND. He was great out of the same draft as Steele, but he went 10th overall. Uh, in that in that draft, but analytically, you know, Steele really hasn't had an opportunity to play in, in in a high end role. And analytically, at least for my guy at at J Fresh Hockey, he hasn't really graded out to be anything special in his time in Anaheim. Now, Anaheim has been pretty brutal, um, so it, it, there, there's also some of that. But Jost, uh, so far, at least when he was in Colorado and in Minnesota, he's always been a very strong defensive forward. That's also why he wasn't just playing fourth line because he was being bogged down, he was playing fourth line because he's a pretty responsible fourth line guy. But is right. there more offensive ceiling to his game where he was putting up highlight reel goals um, with UND? There was a reason he was the 10th overall pick. Yeah, I, I think I think I know what I'm getting out of Sam Steele, and that's going to be probably your fourth line center forward, whatever you want, wherever you want to put him, and he'll probably contribute plays, you know, 60 to 70 games. But Jost is maybe the the guy that could really surprise people and if he gets an opportunity to play in the top six could turn into that next Ryan Hartman like if we're asked if we're kind of projecting who has more chances of being the Ryan Hartman a guy who went from fringe roster guy bottom six due to then becoming a 30 goal scorer essentially overnight I'd put my money on more on Tyson Jost to be that next type of dude but these are good things wild for, for the wild to figure out to your point they they basically are using another team's lottery ticket that they didn't cash in on and now they're at not asking them to be their ceiling, highest ceiling player, but there's a chance for them to still be major contributors. I'm going to give you now off of the game that we watched last night, again, a 5-2 win for uh, the Wild against the Avs. I'm going to give you something I loved last night. I absolutely love this, and it's a schematic thing. And it's obvious it's been changed. It needed to be, 
And and I think if this is going to be what they do, it's very smart. And that is the penalty kill. Did you see how aggressive it was last night? They've altered this thing. They don't sit back now. And and I get the fact that this is not guys who are going to probably be on the real penalty kill. But I applaud the fact that they are going to change it. Because, you know, there was nothing worse, Dex, than watching last year's penalty kill and its passiveness and their attempt to pass the puck to get it out right get the damn puck out put pressure on the puck and your opponent consistently i thought that that was a huge schematic step in in going to if this is going to be the style of play now on the penalty kill one that is far more aggressive. It might bite you in the ass at times, right. but I would far rather be bitten in the ass by that scheme than laying back and trying to clear the puck by passing it out and getting cute and giving up goals that way. The NHL is kind of trending more in this aggressive direction, right? Like, I mean, can you imagine like even 20 years ago of, of people kind of saying, hey, on the penalty kill, instead of just staying at home, right, and, and really blocking those shots and, and doing your best you can to protect your goalie and make that triangle around him and don't give up any chances, actually be prepared to, to, to steal a puck. Be prepared to go on an odd man rush and maybe burn your burn your teammates a little bit. It's it's weird how the NHL always evolves like this, and that's uh, definitely a big point of emphasis. Now, I will say, you know, missing Fiala will be kind of um, – Fiala was really good at that. They put him on the penalty kill for that reason because he has game-changing speed and a talent that he can kind of be a game-breaker uh, in, in those situations. And now they're the NHL as a whole, I feel like, is trending more in that direction. Like, I don't know if Kaprizov will be playing significant penalty kill moments, but right. can they figure out ways where, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you have a breakaway, you got to go out and take it. So it, it is kind of funny how the NHL is trending and always changes in that direction. Who kills then? Like, Hart- Hartman can. Hartman can because he can definitely skate, and you know they you know, in any one of their defensemen basically can can play penalty kill significant moments. I'm trying to think of other forwards. You know, does does Joe skin into there? You know, like again, like is, is Perhaps, the, does Tyson? But it's just Joe's? a concept, right? Like, yeah. like I just like the scheme. I hate sitting back, and I hate and and I think one of the most underlying flaws with that team last year was the Wilds. Um, Sort of trying to get cute to clear pucks. Yeah. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to make a pass. Get the puck out. Like, how many times did they get control of the puck, especially on a penalty kill, deep in their own zone, and then try and pass it out? Just get the damn puck out. Skate it out. Shoot it out. Do whatever you have to to, to do. Uh, penal- the power play. L- last night, three of eight. I think at one point it was three of four or something, though. Also scored a goal on the power play on Sunday, Addison scored the goal. Yep. And, and this is another one too. Um, the power play, I think, and it sounds like there's definitely going to be changes there. I am hard pressed to think, d- despite the, the fact that he has to earn the job, that Kalen Addison is not going to make th- this team. I think his ability on the power play alone has to probably earn him a spot and it now if he proves he can't handle it that's one thing but he definitely has the ability to be effective there and i think he makes this team largely based on that yeah and he, and he probably should right i mean it when, when when is he going to be given the keys to the car here essentially and there could be more to more of this at play where we've kind of teased at this and again maybe sometimes score north and judd's hockey show is ahead of the conversation but 
you know, six months ago, about, six, eight months ago, halfway through no the season, we were kind of trending like, well, it, it's not just they're not calling him up. There has to be a reason why he's not being called up. Um, and it could be due to his development. There could be something behind the scenes. There could be something, numerous things on why Keelan Aston wasn't given significant minutes. When he's played, he's been solid. I mean, he's played about a dozen games, I believe, now with, with the Wild. But he's also accomplished everything there essentially is to in the AHL. So I understand the Wild have a plethora of, of really good NHL defensemen. So that that's a good problem. The Wild, any NHL team would kill to have the Wild's top four in clear terms of a defenseman group. So if you're going to play him on the third line, you know, with the Goligoski or when John Merrill comes back from injury, you can do that. But then also he's too good of a player to be missing an opportunity probably to play power play minutes. And, you know, I know you've kind of just said put him on the first unit. The, the power play is going to be one of those things to watch in the early parts of the season, how well it performs. Because it was lackluster. It was completely underperforming last season. There were stretches where it was just absolutely abysmal, getting booed at home uh, on the power play. And the team was really good five on five. So it's just, it's too, as too many good chefs in the kitchen for it not to be a good power play. And if Kalen Asson can help spark that, then he definitely should make the roster. Speaking of defensive pairings, <laughs> I would like to talk to you about that. Not lines, mind you, but defensive pairings. Wow. Because I'm watching that game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, Judster, what would you do? <laughs> and I actually think it's an interesting scenario, but I think there is, and of course this is health provided, okay? I think there is a clear odd man out. Okay. So, your first pair, opening night, I believe it's October 13th, against the Rangers at the X. Your first pair, it sounds like it's going to be Spurgeon, Brodeen. Spurgeon. That's fantastic. Yep. Your second pair sounds like it's going to be a couple of guys that like to mix things up. Dumba on the right, Jake Middleton on the Middleton. left. Okay. Now, opening night, John Merrill's out. Yeah. Right He's going to miss like the first week plus. IR right. or something, yeah. And in my opinion, Addison, who is a right shot, should be paired with him on the, the third pair. But when John, or I'm sorry, should be paired with Goligoski on the third pair. But when Merrill comes back, mm-hmm. and again, guys are going to get hurt, so this, this is going to change. So I'm not saying that this guy should not make the team. But if everybody is healthy, I think Goligoski has to be in the press box. I think, you know, I was watching him last night. I mean, he is long in the tooth. Yeah. I like what Merrill brings. I think that Merrill could be the stabilizer because, I mean, Kalen is clearly going to make mistakes. Like, he would have been here last year if they entirely trusted him, right? Um, So I think that John Merrill, who I think right now at this point in his career is a better player than Goligoski, especially for that role, Mm -hmm. I think that John Merrill needs to be the stabilizer by Kalen and Goligoski is going to have to be eating popcorn until there's an opening, probably because somebody gets hurt. So they basically re-signed Goligoski, and by the way, I believe gave him a full no-move clause, um, because they, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, you know, screwed him over, but they, they, he missed out on his chance to play 1,000 games last year. He's still four away. He's got 996, and he got scratched for like the last... 10 games, I think, of the regular season or so. He, ba- he barely even drew in the lineup the last month. And he actually was, when he was in the lineup, and this is where also I think plus minus is mostly kind of a bogus stat. Yeah, he was a plus 41 on the ice, but he wasn't able to make any difference where he was a scratch, a healthy scratch for the last 10 games or so. Um, right. He's up there in age. He's 37 years old. You know, he used to, his 
prowess and the reason he's been able to play almost a thousand games, and this goes back to when he was at the U of M too. He's been an offensive first defenseman. He shoots the puck a lot. When in his heyday, he was really, really good um, as an offensive first defenseman. He would play a long time with Dallas. I think he even won a cup with Pittsburgh when he was young in the league. Um, but when you're 37 and you can't be that offensive player anymore, and there's a guy who's 13 years younger than you and Kalen Addison, it makes sense. So I I think Goligoski, you know, he played 72 games last year. I would even be okay if you put the over-under of games played at 41 and a half. Does he play it more than half the games next season? I don't know. He might because of, you know, injuries and things kind of unfortunately stack up like that. But they re-signed him mostly because, and this is a little bit of reckless speculation, but they re-signed him because they yep. kind of screwed him over on getting to 1,000 games. Um, so... He he can still be a factor. I think I know he's a positive guy in the room. Garen went out and got him, you know, last last summer as kind of their only real big prize free agent addition. But once Merrill comes back, and if Kalen Addison is actually hitting the ceiling he should be playing in, then yeah, Goligoski, the goose, as they like to call him, is probably the odd man out. He's going to be eating popcorn up with us in the press box. No, which is fine. Which is because he he's a good safety blanket. But I don't like I don't like the thought of him playing with Kalen based on the fact that I think the skill set is probably too close there. And at the end of the day, John Merrill is going to stay home. Like he ain't going to jump yeah. into plays. Great mustache. Kalen will, which is fine. Yes. But Both I, I just, great mustache. I love, I, lo- I love the stabilizing influence there. My next talking point off of last night, because I was impressed. Gustafson playing goal. Now, full disclosure, I didn't, tune in until you told me that the game was on <laughs> ESPN plus in the second period. Okay. Yeah. So I missed the first. You're welcome. Uh, and th- yes, thank you very much. But Gustafson came, uh, he started and came out, I believe like with 10 three left in the second period, but the first 10 minutes of the second period, the abs, the abs were buzzing. They were absolutely buzzing and they buzzing. had several great chances and Gustafson made some really nice saves. It's a preseason game. Uh, a ton of those abs players aren't going to make the team. I get all of that, but I was impressed. It was a good first impression. He made a lot of tough saves. If you could get any semblance of that from him consistently, that gives you, because I, I was, when we recorded the show last week, flat out, I was sort of uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if, if he's the guy or not, but if he can give you that, I will certainly take that. And he doesn't have to play. He's got to play. He's not going to play as much as Flower. Uh, but I thought that that was a pretty good first impression by Gustafson. Yeah, so he played in, obviously, Ottawa last year. And actually, Ottawa's now kind of trending to be a, a sneaky team that could, could actually do some damage maybe in, in in the East this year. We'll see. They have very intriguing pieces. Um, but last year, I mean, he wasn't very good. Um, you know, allowed a 3.5 GAA, and 8.92 save percentage, well below league average. His goal saved above expected was was really low, was negative eight. Um, but there were qualities about him analytically that still kind of stood out. He actually still was able to give you quality starts here and there. He gave you some excellent starts. He stopped low danger shots. If he's a backup goalie, and, and I think what's more intriguing is, you know, they're counting on Flower to kind of be their, their backstop. This isn't going to be, at least for now, uh, a 50-50 split. Now, that doesn't mean that Gustafson won't play, but he's 24 years old, and he's going to be counted on every, let's call it, third to fourth game, essentially, uh, to come in there and play at least halfway decent where he can back up Flower and you're not completely holding your breath. So, you know, he wasn't 
anything special last year, but goalies are wild cards, man. I mean, he could actually still be a pretty decent backup goalie to Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, he was also a second-round pick. Um, You're seeing more and more goalies get drafted higher. Um, So I I wouldn't ruin that. I wouldn't uh, look at his time in Ottawa last year as like, well, he was terrible. He had, you know, just awful traditional numbers. There could still be something here, but he still actually has to play at least halfway decent. So if Marc-Andre Fleury suffers an injury or is just ineffective, that you can turn to this guy. And he's worth exploring. It's worth exploring if he's anything special. Absolutely. Okay, my next request. Can Kirill Kaprizov please not play again until opening night? He got a shot what off, off the skate boot and and tried to uh, to stay in the game on Sunday, which, by the way, he didn't need to. Uh, they finally t- took him out. I know he didn't practice on Monday. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but when it comes to Kirill Declan, I would take the the Kevin O'Connell Vikings philosophy. Um, yeah, it's I guess he can skate in a few games, but I would be very very comfortable if he did not play again until the regular season opener because the last thing I need is a fluky injury where he takes a slap shot off the skate and like breaks his foot or something I'm not saying he did I just don't want to see it yeah there's really no point for your superstar player to be playing um any meaningful minutes right now and yeah the fact he took a shot off the boot and has missed practice and missed game yeah just rest up like I mean there there's really no point for him you don't you don't have to see him at all there there's nothing about him getting his legs ready right now in, in preseason games He's a guy who's an athlete and is, and is in freakish shape as it is. Yeah, just take it easy, Kirill Kaprizov. There's really no reason for you to be playing any significant minutes. And I think Dean kind of recognizes that too after. Ah, there's I no, hope so. There's, there's no risk to, to putting him out there. Okay, flip side to that. How much do you want to see Marco Rossi in preseason games? He played well on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He obviously did not travel and play on Tuesday. Um, ultimately... How much would you like to see him? I think that you're right. He's he's definitely trending towards being on the opening night roster. But just as far as preseason g- games go, what would your number be for Marco Rossi? So for not like number of games played, like, like yeah, like do you, do you want to see him a lot in exhibition yeah. games? Do you want to see him a couple of times? Like what what would you play him as far as the exhibition games go to be comfortable with, with him? centering a line on opening night. Yeah, I mean, he should probably still be playing, you know, a, a decent amount of these preseason games. Maybe by the end of it, if they want to rest up dudes, I completely understand that. They have uh, five left now uh, before the regular season opener against the Rangers. So, yeah, I'd like him to see him draw at least, you know, three and four of these games and also play, yeah, decent minutes. You know, him and Matt Boldy are kind of the future. I would love to see, honestly, Marco Rossi and Tyson Jost get on a line together, right? Like, I, I, I know Jost can play almost any position on a line, but... I would love to see those type of dudes make the most of these opportunities because because those are the two guys I think that have the most to prove. Um, and if Marco Rossi proves that he can hang, well, there's potentially a couple different options that they can roll with their top six and Marco Rossi or Matt Boldy and Tyson Jost. There, there's plenty of options. So I, I would say him, uh, um, Marco Rossi, that is, and Tyson Jost getting every opportunity here to play halfway impactful minutes in preseason, if you want to call it that, they should be able to get a good amount of run here. So do, do you think that Jost would be on on a Rossi bolding line potentially on opening night or start uh, in the Greenway spot with Felino and Erickson Eck? I think he... That's think, a good one. Yeah, you know, I, I think he probably starts with Greenway and Eck. I mean, he probably just played because we know what kind of player he can Who's be. Who's the other wing then for for potentially 
Boldy. If, if it's Boldy and Rossi. Well, I mean, they, they Who could, do you think the other wing? They could put Goudreau there. I know they've kind of flirted with now him playing a little bit more wing than he did center yeah. last season. So you could you could probably put him there. But but uh, hypothetically, I would love Joe's to be with, with Rossi and Boldy. I mean, that'd be fun as hell. That's a young line. It's an up-and-coming. It's all yeah. top It's all top 10 picks, essentially. Two face-off um, guys. Yeah, so you, so you have a couple different dudes. So, I mean... I think Dean probably rolls with Jost with Erickson Eck and Greenway. If he wanted to consult with Judd's Hockey Show, who loves to make up line combinations, and I know our oh, friend God of the show, God. Bill Garen, likes to come on. He might even be and coming Jesse on Pierce, here soon. And Jesse Pierce. Loved, so let's put in a lines. word. If we, if, if we were doing some line combinations, we, we put Dean aside and we say, why don't you put Tyson with, uh, with Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy up there, Dino? I like that. All right, my last thing mm-hmm. for you. In watching that game, I hope, that last night was an aberration and that we aren't going to get a first month of penalties being called constantly. It happens every year, man. It happens every year. How ridiculous was that last night? Yeah. It's an exhibition game. They literally called a penalty with three seconds left. Why? What do we need that for? I mean, are you serious? And they, it's an exhibition game. So in this case, I don't care. Okay. But if that was a regular season, you know, first week game, they ripped the flow out of that game completely. Did, did that not annoy you? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's super annoying. They called everything and I think, is unnecessarily, it, and they won't be doing it in November. Is it cross-checking that I think is their point of emphasis we this year? We get cross-checking. We got every they, – they it felt like they were looking for everything. The cross-checking was last year, by the way. It wasn't? Okay, I, well, I get them all mixed that, up. That was the, last know, the, year in front of the net. The the face-off infractions, you know, were, were a thing like yeah. four years ago, which were just absolutely yeah. killers. Um, I mean, no one still really knows what goaltender interference was. They were, you know, so Well, they I, still don't, but that's yeah. that's a replay problem. But I'm just saying, my God, please do not interrupt every game uh, in in the opening month because they'll they'll inevitably, at some point, Around what, Dex? Thanksgiving? Quit calling things. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm okay with. But th- how bad is it to be watching it? You're trying to watch a game, and these jokers are literally looking for everything to call. Um, and you know what? If they did it all year, it would be annoying. But then at least you're you're applying the same rules. But they changed the rules a month and a half in, so don't even bother with it. Call penalties. Call real penalties. God, that annoyed me. Doesn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I just want the season to start. I watched, I watched also a good portion of Devils and Islanders yesterday because I'm just sick in the head. And by the way, I watched the Rangers and Islanders two nights ago. If it wasn't for ESPN Plus and also my genius to letting you know that the the, the Wow was actually on TV, Thank um, Thank this you. is why ESPN Plus is a win. Okay, everyone's so worried about ESPN Plus. I love ESPN Plus. This is great. Still worried about it? No, like people, people that were bitching about it when when they made the switch last season. Like this is oh great. yeah, no, that's over. This they're is done. great. They're done. They're done complaining. This no, is great. I done. love the ESPN. That's plus. over. Okay. That's over. Just official officiating. Stop. Let me watch games in okay. peace. All right, that's all I got. But we'll be back soon. Dex, take us home. Yeah, uh, hit the subscribe button. Daily uh, Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, Judd and I are now back. Hashtag We Are Back. Uh, Judd's Hockey Show will be back for the remainder of the next nine months or so. Uh, so hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Flagrant Howls with Kyle Tige and Phil Mackey. If you're a Wolves fan, of course, we have Mackey and Judd. You even have some gopher football discussion on this YouTube channel. Yeah, you have spoken. You like gopher football, so we'll give that to you. Uh, subscribe button, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Pass, shoot, score. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.